Okay, good morning. Good to be, uh, good to be back again after, uh, after last weekend and a big serve and uh, getting to do all that kind of stuff. We're going to wrap up our God on Film uh, message series today. And uh, I think way back in the beginning, I, I said, maybe if you paid attention, that we were going to talk about The Lion King today. Um, but there's a Marvel movie out, so we have to talk about that. Because uh, that's just way uh, cooler than Lion King. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, the kids are in there. They can talk about Lion King. That's all right. Um, so as we jump into this uh, today, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I, I was thinking about this this last week, and, um, and, and this is difficult for me to say and, and, and maybe for you to hear, and, but it's probably difficult for you as well. Um, I fight like Satan. The reality is that you fight like Satan as well. We all do. And, and I think it really is just our default way of dealing with difficulties and struggles in our lives. And so today, we're going to talk about why we fight like Satan, and how to stop as we wrap up this God on Film series. So in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, Spidey is wrestling with a, a couple of big issues. Number one, um, Spider-Man, or Peter Parker, he just wants to be a kid. So if you follow Spider-Man, I remember as a kid, I used to sit at the top of the stairs and uh, read Spider-Man comic books. And, and so Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is a high schooler. And he's kind of a nerd, he's kind of a smart kid, but, um, but just a high schooler. So he deals with all of those things that young people deal with. And so in this particular uh, uh, reboot of Spider-Man... Peter Parker is, is wrestling with these two big things. He wants to go on a trip with his high school class. They're taking a trip to uh, Europe. They're going to Venice and Rome and uh, France, a bunch of places. And um, he wants to go on the trip with his class, and he doesn't want to be Spider-Man. Like, like he just wants to put Spidey away for a little bit and just be a kid and go. And maybe if you're a parent, you, you know what that feels like. There, there were times when your kids maybe were little, you're like, I just want to put the whole parent thing aside. I just want to be my own person for a little bit. I don't have to change any diapers. I don't have to worry about the kids for a minute. And so Peter Parker's kind of in this place. Like, I'm tired of doing that adult stuff. I just want to be a kid. But the biggest issue that he was wrestling with is this. He really wanted to let MJ know how he felt about her. So again, if you understand the Spider-Man universe, you know that Spider-Man's sweetheart is uh, Mary Jane, although they screwed it up in this reboot, and her name is now Michelle something. Nobody cares. We just call her MJ, and, and that's okay. So he had this plan to get to the top of the Eiffel Tower. He was going to give her this necklace that he bought for her, and he was going to tell her finally how he felt. A couple of big things going on in Peter's life. The problem is, problems find you, right? No matter how good life is going, no matter how uh, you've laid the plans out, sometimes things just happen and they get in the way of that. And so while Peter is on the trip with his class, uh, these monsters come in. And, and all of a sudden, uh, Spider-Man is trying to fight 
this um, water monster, they call them elementals, uh, when Mysterio shows up. And Mysterio is fighting him, Spidey's fighting, and they become like pretty good friends. Like they connect really quickly. But a little bit later in the show, Spider-Man discovers that Mysterio isn't a friend, he really is a foe. And, and he's created these things, uh, and it's all just this big illusion. And so um, Mysterio has, uh, has created this way of, of making you think things are happening, and they're not really happening. So Mysterio uses these holographic, uh, augmented reality technology, flying, shooting drones. Did you get all that? There's all this stuff going on, and it's all this like uh, technology stuff mounted to these drones, and they cause real damage, but it's really all fake. And so Mysterio's power really isn't a power at all, it's just the illusion of power. And eventually in the show, Spidey figures that out. And he's able to get behind the hologram that Mysterio is projecting. He fights the drones from the inside. And of course, that proves to be a much more successful way of doing battle with them. Um, even though Spider-Man's harmed in the process, he is able to um, kind of defeat him. And ultimately, well, I'm not going to give it all away. You'll just have to see it uh, to find out the end. But here's the connection with what we're talking about. When Spidey is fighting Mysterio and Mysterio's made-up illusions, he's unsuccessful. When he's fighting Mysterio based on what he sees and what he believes is happening, these huge monsters coming in and, and, and destroying everything, he's unsuccessful. But once he learns that Mysterio's monsters aren't really monsters at all, he's not only able to fight, but he's able to win. Because Mysterio's power, again, isn't a real power. It's the illusion of power. And the illusion of power exists spiritually as well. Each of us could probably point to a situation, a, a person, or a problem, even just this last week. Since last Sunday, you could probably point to one, maybe more, people or situations or problems that you've had to struggle through this week. Maybe it was a fight with your ex. Maybe your car broke down. Maybe you narrowly avoided a car wreck. All of these frustrations may be open attacks by Satan. See, he's trying to get you to fight with your ex or your spouse or, or your kids or your neighbors or your friends. He's trying to get you to, to fight with God. To blame God for the problems that are coming into your life. And, and you go, everything was going great. And then all of a sudden the fridge broke down. The car broke down. The house broke down. Everything just seemed to be falling apart. And i got to try and scramble around and fix it. And so we go, why God? Why are you causing all of these bad things to happen to me? Satan wants to get us to this place where we begin to blame God for our problems. We begin to blame other people for our problems. And we get upset with God for what's happening in our lives. All of this is part of Satan's attempt to make himself appear more powerful and get us to fight each other and to fight with God instead of fighting with him. So it's all part of Satan's strategy. But just to make sure that we're all on the same page um, this morning, that we've all got it uh, figured out, um, 
I want to make sure that, that we kind of set the record straight here because I know that it's often easy to get confused when you watch movies, you watch television, you see this idea between good and, and evil. What was portrayed from Hollywood is that good and evil are equal and opposing forces. And so sometimes good wins and sometimes evil wins, but they just kind of are locked in this eternal battle, and that's not reality. The reality is that God is omniscient. God's omniscient. And that means that God is all-knowing. That God knows everything, which is kind of a scary thought, right? Because He knows the things that you and I think that nobody else knows. He knows the things that you and I do that we try to keep hidden and quiet and we don't want anybody else to find out. God is omniscient and it means he's all-knowing. He knows everything from beginning to end. The Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on our heads, which is easier for some than others. He knows the day. He knows the number of breaths we take. He knows the number of times our hearts are going to beat. He knows everything there is to know about us. God is also omnipresent, which means that he's everywhere present all of the time. Which is kind of cool because we know that there's no place that you and I can go. Even what we might consider evil places. When you're in the bar where you met your spouse, God was there. When you were doing things in the dark where the lights turned off, you didn't want anybody to see, God was there. When you were out in the open, God was there. There's no place that we can go that God's presence is not there. He's omnipresent. And the coolest thing about God is that he's omnipresent. Omnipotent. And that means that he is all-powerful. There's nothing that he can't do. God is uncreated. And because of that, he reigns supreme in all of creation. Well, let's contrast that with Satan a little bit. Satan is a created being. And I'm sure that Satan hates that. Because Satan understands where he came from. He knows who's in charge. He knows who the all-powerful one is. All the all-knowing one. The all-present one. And Satan doesn't like that because he is a creation of God. He knows God owns him. See, Satan was once an angel. And he made a willful decision to follow his own path and to do his own thing. And he's been at war with God ever since. An angel, if we go back to the uh, Hollywood universe, an angel who's turned to the dark side. Satan does not know everything. Does not know everything. And I've said this before, but I just think it's really interesting and I think we get caught up in stuff, so let me make sure I make this clear. When you go to a psychic or you watch a psychic show on TV and there's somebody up front with Oprah or Ellen or whoever they're with and they get somebody to stand up in the audience and they go, ooh, I'm feeling, you know, whatever. You had a grandma one time. Yeah, you had a, everybody had a grandma. Your grandma had a dog and the dog had a collar. Okay, all of these things that we go, oh my goodness, how could they know that? Let me tell you, Satan is not all-knowing. And he is not everywhere all the time. 
He is locked in time and space much like you are. Now he's locked in spiritual, unseen time and space, but he's still locked there. Satan isn't everywhere. He can't be everywhere all the time. So if he wants to know what's happening in your bedroom, he or one of his angels, his demons, has to be in your bedroom. Okay? they got to see what's going on. So what happens is he's got eyes everywhere. And he pays attention. And while Satan isn't all-knowing, I don't think he forgets anything. Satan saw your grandma. He knew her. He knows her name. He knew what she did. He knew all the times he got her to slip and fall. And surely your grandma didn't do that. Let's say grandpa. Grandpa did things wrong. And so he watched, because grandmas are perfect, right? Grandmas are always perfect. So grandpa did something. Satan knows all the shady things that grandpa ever did. And so when a a psychic gets up and they're talking about, oh, I seen your dog and your collar and your whatever, that's because Satan saw that happening. And his demons are simply talking to each other. He knows what's going on. Satan's got eyes everywhere, but he's not all-knowing, and he's locked in time and space, much like you are, and he's not all-powerful. Now, he is powerful, and he's more powerful as an angel than the average person, but he's not more powerful than you and I. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So Satan's big claim to fame is that he appears stronger than he actually is. Much like Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. He does this by following a time-tested strategy that in part uses our need to have a physical enemy to fight. You and I need a physical enemy to fight, right? We do. When things go wrong, we've got to have something to, somebody to blame or something to blame. This morning, uh, Tristan, Tristan was being kind. This morning, um, our brand new mics weren't working. And when things don't work, I am not happy about that. I'm very irritated. And so I really wanted to take out my frustration on this very expensive sound stuff. We had. I didn't. Or at least I tried not to. But that's not the point. So we got to have something to blame. We want to focus our blame on something. And Satan understands that. He knows that. So he picks a fight. And then he watches us go at it. Only we aren't going at it. We aren't fighting Satan. We're fighting each other. Like, Like Spidey trying to fight a monster that wasn't really there. We are trying to fight what we see. When in reality, our enemy is unseen. So we're trying to blame those around us, blame our situation, our car, our spouse, our kids, our finances. But really, it's not any of those things. It's Satan working behind the scenes. And if we're honest with ourselves in those moments, in those battles, we fight like Satan. We call each other horrible names. We get angry and we say these things. We talked about that a a while back, right? We say these things and then later we go, I didn't mean it. Well, I just say it. Well, because I was thinking about it, but I didn't really mean it. And so we call each other horrible names. We we put each other down. We get physical. Here's the new favorite one. We blast people on social media. Can I just say, I'm I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to step on your toes and make you mad and whatever. I don't care. 
If you as a believer are mad at somebody, the last place you ought to be talking about that is on social media. And, and I don't, I, I'm going to even say, I don't care. I understand sometimes you get bad service at restaurants and this and that and the other thing, but you don't know what's going on. Be very, very careful about what you post. And, and look, if you're married and you're on social media, don't ever say anything about a fight with your spouse or somebody that you love on social media. Because let me tell you what happens. There's a couple things that happen. I, this is not, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going off here. This is just, I'm just, whoop, that's a big soapbox right here, and I get to stand on it every week. We feel free to say things on social media that we wouldn't say to somebody face to face. Why? Because that person is not there. We say things in that, in that uh, media outlet that we wouldn't say to somebody necessarily face to face. And so we're quiet about those things. But we're, hey, I'm at home, I'm sitting on my couch, I'm angry about this, I've got to do something. And so we post it on social media. And what happens when we post on social media? Everybody sees it. There is no privacy on social media. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that just because you click that little private thing and only your friends can see, that that's the only Everybody can see everything you do on social media. So what happens is you get mad at your spouse. And you go to social media and you throw something out there because you're angry. I don't care. Maybe it's the ex-spouse. Maybe it's whatever. I don't care what it is. Somebody you have a relationship with. How many of the people on your friends list who are going to see that because it's going to pop up on their timeline are non-Christians? When they see that, they go, so much for their God. We totally tank any opportunity we have to share, like we go, oh man, come to church with me, experience real life with me. Why? You're going through the same junk I'm going through. You're talking trash just the same I. What's the point? Why do I do that? We gotta be careful about what we say. And I'll tell you what, Satan is sitting wherever he's sitting, laughing his butt off. L M B O, whatever that is. He's doing it. Because guess what? We're fighting just like Satan. And Satan gets to sit back and go, I don't even have to work at this. Look at these people are carrying out my stuff. They're acting just like me. And I don't even have to try. We got to stop that. We blast each other on social media. We, we take out our frustrations on those weaker than us. We blame our parents, our society, neighbors, spouse, kids, finances, our physical challenge, and we never point a finger at our real enemy, Satan. But I think there's something even worse that happens when we fight like Satan. When we fight like Satan, we're following Satan. There's a point in Scripture where Jesus is sharing with his disciples that in just a short amount of time, he's going to go to the cross and die. And he understands that he's doing it so he can pay the price for our sin, for everybody's sin. But his disciples haven't put that together yet. 
And so as he's sharing this story, he's saying, hey, a little bit longer and I'm going to die and I'm not going to be with you any longer, but it's going to be good. It's going to be for your benefit. One of his disciples, Peter, gets upset with him. And and he stands up and he says, Lord, this will never be. I'll never let you die. (laughs) You know what Satan says? Or you you know what Jesus says? He says, get behind me, Satan. Because in that moment, Peter was acting like Satan. He was working out what Satan wanted. He was following Satan. And i got to look back at my life and go, how many times has, has Jesus looked at me and the things I've done, the things I've said, the things I've thought, and gone, get behind him, Satan. When we fight like Satan, we're following Satan, which means we're being Satan in that moment. When we go after each other in this way, we're fighting Satan's battle, not just for him, we're fighting it with him. And nobody wins those fights except Satan. Thankfully, God not only defeated Satan at the cross, he left us instructions how to to withstand Satan's attack and not be fooled into attacking each other. And that's what we're going to talk about the rest. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 11 to 16, Ephesians 6, 11 to 16, and, and you can go to the my message notes at uh, reallifecc.us or follow along some other way. Here we go. We've got to get through this. Ephesians 6, 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You and I don't have armor. We don't have armor with which to fight Satan. Any armor that we have to defend ourselves or to stand up to Satan comes from God. Okay, so we got to understand that we don't have any power in and of ourselves to fight against our real enemy, Satan. So if you don't have God, you don't have armor. You're exposed, you're vulnerable, you're defenseless against Satan's strategies. Now look at all of our friends, maybe who are not believers, and they fall into the same temptation, the same addiction, the same struggles, over and over and over again. And we go, why can't you just get out? Why can't you stop? Why can't you grow? They don't have any armor. There's no defense there. They can't do it on their own. No armor, no defense against a whole bunch of Satan. And Satan's tricks have been tested over thousands and thousands of years. But our armor, which comes from God, has been tested against Satan's attacks. So, when these attacks come, your job is not to fight in these attacks. It's to stand firm. And this is where I often lose it. So I'm preaching to the the choir we got to find a new saying. I'm preaching to the band. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Preach, I'm preaching to myself this morning, okay? Our job is not to fight when Satan attacks us. It's to stand firm. And there's a really good reason why. Look at the next. Paul says, for we are not fighting. So stand firm because we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. 
So Paul's going, look, there's evil, there's spirits, there's powers, there's might here on this planet and in the heavenly places. It's everywhere we go right now. We're not supposed to fight because when we do, we're attacking others just like us. And that's not who our battle is with. Our battle is with an unseen enemy that is all evil. Let me give you some examples. Abortion, sex trade and trafficking, child abuse, rape, genocide, politics. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. Both sides, doesn't matter which side you're on, both of them are lying to us and trying to get their own way. Your side's not better than my side. It's just different. They use the same tricks and the same tactics. It doesn't make uh, any difference which side it is. Uh, politics is right there among evil, racism, and hate. These ideologies and practices didn't originate in the mind of man. They all stem from evil rulers, mighty powers, and evil spirits. This rampant sin is everywhere because Satan is at work everywhere. He's like a spiritual Hitler bent on extinguishing every race, every tribe, every culture. Satan uses these to divide us so we're too busy fighting with each other to stand firm against him. Look, Satan wants us to fight when we're attacked. But God wants us to have faith. So how do we combat Satan with faith? Well, when we're fighting, we're usually using Satan's tools. We're using his weapons of war. We use our tongue to spew hate and anger. We use our fists to crush our enemies so that we don't have to communicate. How many times you got frustrated with somebody and you've just called them a name and said, I don't have to pay attention to you. We walk away. When we fight, we fight with Satan's tools. Paul didn't say that others who are attacking us aren't our enemies. He just says that the real enemy, the real battle, isn't with our flesh and blood enemies, but with our spiritual enemies, and there's a difference. In, in Spider-Man, Spidey, who destroyed one drone and five more would take its place, he realized that if he was going uh, ha to have battle with Mysterio, he's going to have to fight him directly in order to stop the drone army if he was going to have a chance at succeeding. And you and I will never get anywhere fighting with each other. We won't. And if you go back to Scripture, which is what we want to do, what does God say? about how we should fight with our enemies. Have, have you ever read, do you know what it says? This is how, if you're a believer, this is how you fight with your enemy. Love those who hate you. Pray for those who curse you. If your enemy asks for a drink of water or a crust of bread, you give it to them. That's how the Bible says we're supposed to fight with our enemies. But that's not how we fight, is it? We take off the gloves. We go for blood. But our battle is really against Satan. And when we bless those who hate us, we're really fighting Satan and not each other. See how that works? 
Satan attacks us and we go after each other. We go after stuff in this flesh and blood world and we fight like Satan. But if we stand in faith and Satan attacks us and we respond to those flesh and blood enemies with love and kindness and grace and mercy, we're not fighting each other then, we're actually fighting Satan. And so our role in this battle is not to strike, it's only to stand. The next few verses. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so will you so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And so stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Not a single time does he tell us to pick up a brick or a stone or a spear and hurl it at our enemy. He says these things of armor that you've got, they're to help you stand. And, and, I, and I love this and I never really got it. In fact, it just came to me in this moment. He says... For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, good news in the Bible um, really is a term means healthy living, and it comes from the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the good news, that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died for our sins, and that he lives again. And Paul here, uh, Paul here says that we're to put on this peace that comes from the good news so that we'll be fully prepared. Fully prepared for what? Well, if we're attacked spiritually by Satan, and instead of lashing out at our flesh and blood enemies, we stand firm in our faith, and, and through truth, and through peace, and, and through righteousness, we love, and we help, and we share hope, and we share mercy, what does that do? It gives us the opportunity to share the good news with that person who we normally would see as our enemy. So the gospel of peace allows us to have peace in those moments of trouble so that we can take full advantage of the opportunity. And maybe that person who came at us being prompted by Satan, who we show love to or grace to or mercy to, we actually have the opportunity then to share the good news with and they might come to Jesus. We put on the armor of God. Not to fight, but to be able to stand in faith. To resist Satan's attempts to get us to attack each other. And so in your marriage, your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is Satan. No matter how long you've been married or what's going on in your marriage, your enemy is not your spouse, it's Satan. In your job, the person who talks behind your back or makes up lies isn't your enemy. Your enemy is Satan. As believers, when we attack others, we're fighting like Satan and we're following Satan's strategy. But God has a better plan. When someone tells a lie about you, stand firm in the truth. When someone attacks your character or brings up your past, let God's righteousness protect you. When someone tries to stir up trouble for you or, or you're facing one problem and one challenge after another, hold on to the peace 
that comes from knowing you're a child of God and Jesus died for you. And when Satan launches a full-out attack on you, look to God in faith. Look, God knows we can't fight these battles. We don't have the tools, but he can. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere present. He is all-powerful. And here's what he wants. He wants you to let him fight your battles. That means you may not get the satisfaction of watching your enemies cower at your feet, but you will know that you're standing firm with God. The Bible is full of promises about what God will do on our behalf when we let him fight our battles and we simply stand firm. And so if you go to our our website, reallifecc.us, and you click on the My Message Notes link, you'll find there, I put together a big list. It's not exhaustive, but it's a pretty big list of what happens when we let God fight for us. Because Paul never tells us how to strike. He tells us only how to stand. And if we will stand in faith, God will fight for us from victory. But we have to stand in His truth, in His righteousness, in His peace, and in faith in Him, not ourselves. See, when we try to fight our spiritual battles against flesh and blood people, we're fighting like Satan. But when we fight our spiritual battles with the spiritual weapons of God, we get God results. So, who have you been fighting this week instead of Satan? My guess is you could probably think of somebody pretty quick, somebody at work, somebody at home, somebody in your neighborhood. Somewhere in your life there's been a fight. There's been a struggle. There's been a challenge. Who have you been fighting this week instead of Satan? And then how have you been fighting this week like Satan? Look, uh, this week I, I, I knew this message was coming and I was kind of waiting for something to happen. Normally as a, as a, as a pastor you get up and share God's word, I can tell what's going on with the message on Sunday by how the week is going. And, and so if things just go bad and nothing seems to work and there's all these problems, I'm like, Satan's trying to keep something from happening this weekend. I just kind of get that feeling. This week went pretty smooth. In fact, we were up on um, Linda's roof yesterday, uh, and it had sprinkled a little bit, and we'd cut some wood. There was some dust up on the, on the roof. There was a high probability that one of us was going to fall, but nobody did. In fact, nobody got hurt. And, and yesterday afternoon, I was sitting there, and I was thinking about, man, I'm going to preach this message tomorrow about spiritual warfare and about dealing with Satan, about how to fight him. And this week has gone pretty smooth. This is pretty good. And then I came to church this morning. And Satan was like, sneak attack. (laughs) And things that should have just worked didn't work. And all of a sudden, right there, in in the more like 10 minutes, we finally put everything down. And it was 9.50. And I walked into the storage room over here. And I literally just got down on my knees and, and said, okay, God, people aren't here for the lights. 
They're not here for all this stuff. They're here for you, and they need to see you in the midst of everything else that's going on. And so God, help me just to put a smile on my face and to go out and to give them your word because that is where your power is. Each of those you fought with, each of those you hate, each of those we call names, they are not our real enemy. They're simply individuals who can't stand up against Satan's schemes because they don't have the armor of God. But you and I do. Satan loves it when we refuse to stand in faith and instead try to fight. There's a couple things Satan gets out of it when we do this. Number one, he gets us to fight with each other. And the whole of faith is built on relationship. Our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Read the Bible and you'll find that God is incredibly interested in our relationship with others. And in fact, it's our relationship, our horizontal relationship with each other, with one another, that really supports our relationship with God. We can't have terrible relationships with one another and pretend to have a good relationship with God. It doesn't work that way. And so when Satan attacks us, he gets us to fight with one another, knowing that God's desire is that we would love and serve and honor and pray for one another. But when we fight with one another, we lose the options to tell other people about Jesus. We're not building our vertical relationship with God when we're fighting with one another. Secondly, when we fight with each other, we continue to avoid doing battle with our real enemy, Satan. So Satan keeps using the same tactics, he keeps winning the same battles, and we keep acting just like him. So here's the bottom line today. It's hard to stand against Satan when you're following his strategy. It's hard to stand against Satan when you're following his strategy. And so the next time you start to react to an attack, the next time you start to yell, you start to call names or curse, you, you double up your fist, the next time you're just ready to go, I want this thought to come to your mind. Am I standing in faith or am I fighting like Satan? In, in that moment, man, I, I just, I can see this happening. <laughs> We get ready to go into battle and there's a moment where the Holy Spirit just goes, okay, Corey, are you standing in faith or are you fighting like Satan? The challenge this week is this. For you and I to fight like a follower of Jesus. Look, I believe that God has a great deal to accomplish through us here in El Dorado. But if we can't stop fighting like Satan, we'll never know what it's like to have God fight for us. But most importantly, when we stand in faith, others will see that faith. They'll see that faith in Jesus and not our fists. And it's in those moments that we'll have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. To help them see Jesus in the midst of those struggles. Let's pray.
God, as we go about this week, when we start to fight like Satan, would you come to us in that moment through your spirit? Your spirit, who you've promised is at work in us. And would, in that split second, you simply convict us? Would you stop us dead in our tracks? Will you help us to see that in that moment where we're ready to lash out, we're actually being Satan instead of being faithful? And then instead, God, would you help us to stand firm in the faith that you will fight for us if we will just give you that chance? God, I pray that many more people would come to see your son Jesus through us because we stop fighting like the world and we start fighting like Jesus. Help us to do that, God, in Jesus' name.